Hello, welcome to the Zennial Dome's Little Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Essel Sears. And these are the episodes where we look back at this month in Zennial history. We're in December, mm-hmm. um, so we're, these are all December episodes, which means they're a bit Christmassy. I'm wearing a Christmas... Well, it's not a Christmas jumper, it's it's this snowflakes. Yeah. But that could be for any time of year or any political I was going to say. <laughs> people have just ruined the meaning of snowflakes it's either christmas or you're offended about something um <laughs> it's december i've picked 1987 mm-hmm. even though the other episodes so far have been very christmassy this one is a little bit more new year focused oh, okay because there were two episodes of eastenders on new year's eve so was it like half an hour then the news and then the, the other half an hour that would make sense <laughs> that would that, that 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 sounds like what you do today yeah this is not this is not what we did in 1987 normal episode of eastenders went mm. out at normal time for eastenders if you want to watch the the follow-up you've got to be up at half past 11 what so what would say i found this on wikipedia and then i found the episode and i watched the episode because i wanted <gasps> to see how they did it okay in an unusual move for a pre-recorded series, the chimes of Big Ben are integrated into an episode of EastEnders on BBC One. The character Den Watts brought a television into the bar of the Queen Vic and watched the chimes in their entirety, and then the episode is resumed. And I couldn't wait to see what this actually looked like. Okay, hang on a second now. So... Yeah. How long is this episode? The, the 35 one? minutes. Fuck off. <laughs> Do you know what I hate more than anything? How excited I am by this. No. <laughs> Gimmicks. I oh. absolutely loathe them. This Especially is... in well-established things that are working oh. perfectly well. This is gimmick town. Because isn't it 1986 where the figures were through the roof? where Den hands Angie the divorce papers. Right. Which is like one of the most watched moments on television of all time. So this is the difficult second album, right? Difficult second album. What are we going to do? We're going to edit live <laughs> the chimes of Big Ben into the middle of an episode. I couldn't wait to see how they did it. Just as as a technical feat, I wanted to see how they did it. So the actual chimes yeah. of the day yeah, in a pre-recorded episode. Yeah. So insanity. So right? I, I get the episode. The episode's on YouTube. Of course, it's going to be in the show notes. Don't, don't think I'm going to let you down now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's in the Queen Vic. Doc Cotton is worried where Ethel is. Okay. And she's like, "Oh, where's Ethel? I can't leave her alone on New Year." So mm. Doc Cotton goes to find Ethel. At which point, Den shouts, and I wrote this down because I love it. Shut up! It's that time again. <laughs> So this is very much delivered to the room, not Doc Cotton. This is very much to the room. But still, um, that's not how you greet a room. It's den and a load of extras. It's one of those things where we go from a camera angle where it's full of characters I know. Yeah. It's Doc Cotton, it's Wendy Richard. Also, I am, I can't remember everyone's name. So Wendy Richard, we're using her real name. Pauline. Arthur, Arthur Pauline. Fowler. Pauline. Arthur Fowler. Uh, character name. <laughs> Doc Cotton. <laughs> character name. <laughs> And, and and others. So we have a shot with like all the big hitters in. Yeah. And then we cut to uh, Den in a pub of people 
I've never seen before. <laughs> and that, so I think this bit is still pre-recorded. I think at this point we're still pre-recorded. So Den bellows, shut up! It's that time again. Kick out the old, welcome the new, make your New Year's resolutions, go! Now, the telly that he's got already has a picture of Big Ben on it, but he then presses the telly as if to turn the telly on. But but the telly is definitely already on. And it's one of those things, right? There's so much going on here. First off, shut up and and go <laughs> yeah yeah shut up it's that time again kick out the old welcome the new make your new year's resolutions now go <laughs> i cannot wait i cannot wait for christmas day with my family where i go into the living room to tell them all that food's ready <laughs> and i greet them with shut up food's ready <laughs> shut up it's shut that time again <laughs> So he hits the TV. Now, I think that bit is also pre-recorded. It's not until I say this out loud now that I realise it is Den and a room of people I've never seen before and he hits a telly and they don't retake it. So either they just went, no one will care, or that bit was live. But I don't think that bit was live. Then they cut to Big Ben. Mm. And it's just Big Ben. The bongs have, as in the chimes have started while mm. Den is bellowing, shut up, it's that time of year again, kick out the old work and the new make, you need revolutions, go. <laughs> you know, the old saying. <laughs> <laughs> and then we cut to the Big Ben face. We've all seen it. After, like, the first bong, a voice goes, and a very happy new year from BBC One. Okay. Which somehow breaks the EastEnders feel for me. Yeah. We get all 12 bongs, just static camera, all 12 bongs, and then slowly that image fades, and we fade into the Queen Vic for All Lang Syne, sung by all the cast. Okay. With Den behind the bar, Pat Butcher's there. Right. Um, uh, Angie's there. <laughs> And then it cuts to Ethel, who we know has already gone home, mm. just sitting in the house on her own. She's sort of like bip, 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 bipping along to Old Lang Syne at home. So, so is she at home yeah. watching EastEnders, watching well, Big was, Ben? So that's such a good question, because she's at home with the telly on. Yeah. The light of the telly is there and she's just watched the bongs. I'm starting to think that maybe that's what they were trying to imply, but it wasn't very clear. Ethel is like you, sitting watching BBC One at home. This does actually raise one of the big questions that's always bothered me about EastEnders, which is, <laughs> what's on at 7.30? <laughs> well, in all of them. What's on in Ramsey Street when Neighbours is on? What's on in Albert Square when EastEnders is on? What's on in Coronation Street when Coronation Street is well, on? Well, Co- Coronation Street and EastEnders were always on at the same time, right? So they would be watching each other. Oh, fine. Fine. I think they're all they're But golden. if they ever flick over to BBC One, is it like the Truman Show? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Ethel's watching herself on BBC One. <laughs> and then we cut back to the pub. Everyone's having a champagne. And then Pauline speaks to Sharon. And Sharon says, 
I'm pregnant. <gasps> and then the episode ends. Five past midnight. We're off to a great start for 1988. Great. That, that was such a lot to try and process all at yeah. the same time. That when you said that they showed the the 12 bombs. Yeah. I nearly asked you, why 12? <laughs> <laughs> I completely lost all sense of reality. Yeah, why 12? Because <laughs> 12 suddenly felt like, why couldn't it be 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would have been a script editor going, look, we've got to tell everyone Sharon's pregnant. If we can really trim this down, that would help. That would help me. That would help everyone. Like <laughs> eighty-seven, I'll really briefly mention Christmas number one. Okay. Because it's one that's actually been mentioned in the news loads this week. Oh, is it the Pogues? Well, this is the thing. The Pogues never got to number one. <gasps> the, the Pet Shop Boys, always on my mind, beat the Pogues. To Christmas no. number one. Yeah. They didn't get to number one. Oh. But I don't want to dwell on the Christmas number one this week. Okay. Because I think it's more interesting of what song crept out on the 29th of December to, at the time, very little fanfare in Britain. It was the release of I Should Be So Lucky. <gasps> now, I started off by reading the paragraph about I Should Be So Lucky on Wikipedia and two hours later, I was coming to the end of an hour-long deep-dive podcast <laughs> into I Should Be So Lucky. Really? And had, like, 20 tabs open about the recording of it. Because it is chaotic at best. She was the first person that I really followed as a as a musician. Like, posters, but all the cassettes, CDs. Um, I wanted to be her. And I remember I Should Be So Lucky come out, and I just thought she was the best. I would say that you had a uh, level of enthusiasm for Kylie, which Pete Waterman did not. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what makes this story so much fun. I cannot believe that we're doing another Pete Waterman story. (laughs) He's he's becoming uh, the Branson of this podcast. He'd love to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) So... The important thing to know in this story is that Kylie is famous in Australia and is not famous in Britain. Mm-hmm. And that is key to everything that happens in, in the probably like year of her life. Yeah. So, Neighbours is happening in Australia and everyone's loving it. And the cast performed the locomotion at an Australian rules football charity event. Yeah. There's someone from a record label called Mushroom Records... She records it, but they get Mike Duffy to produce it. Mike Duffy is at the time an employee for Pete Waterman over with PWL. So he swings over to Australia. He records the locomotion. And he's like, hey, this this girl's great. Uh, and that is released and it does incredibly well mm. in Australia. Yeah. There's like a deal between the whole Scott Aiken Waterman thing and Mushroom Records. Kylie Minogue happy to do a follow-up to the locomotion and the record company are like yeah 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 uh, we've got this great relationship with um stock aiken waterman in london let's send you over there pete waterman books kylie in for a session okay in london and forgets to tell stock or aitken and he goes to manchester for the day and no one knows kylie is coming <laughs> 
Oh my god. Okay, no, sorry. So he's just left the office. Yes. Yeah. She turns up in reception with, I think, a manager going, well, I presume someone is going to come and speak to me. Eventually, someone goes to the reception and goes, um, we're meant to be recording a single today with Stock Aiken and Waterman, and they basically call up to Stock. And he's like, never heard of it. (laughs) This is a quote from an interview I read. Kylie Minogue was the complete package. A great little singer, a great looking girl, a great little dancer. Unfortunately, we insulted her when we recorded I Should Be So Lucky. She'd been hanging around all week and Pete forgot to tell us. We had to get the song together in about 40 minutes. (gasps) And she left not having had a happy time. But the problem is, on the day where all this happened, Kylie was going to go back to Australia that afternoon. She had only come to Britain to record with... Specifically for this. Yeah, and they did not care who she was or what was going on. And Stock claims he wrote the lyrics by going, what do I know about her? And he found out that she was a successful soap star in Australia and very talented. So he went, there must be something wrong with her. Maybe she's unlucky in love. What's incredible about this is that she... She made them, though. <laughs> Pete Waterman claims to have co-written the song by phone or fax. <laughs> he claims he came up with the title when they said to him, we need to record a song today. And Pete apparently on the phone said, huh, she should be so lucky. <laughs> um, Waterman claims it is based on Pachelbel's canon. The other two flatly deny this. <laughs> How I go through life and I worry I'm not good enough for certain things like in my, in my work day to day. Like, I don't think I'm good enough to do this, this and this. I'm, I will never be good enough to do that. It's like, how do these people get to where they are? Like, I, I cannot. Some people just somehow put no effort into anything. <laughs> it's such a tin pot operation. Well, by this point, they'd had like Dead or Alive and I think they'd had Rick Astley. So, like, they, they've had some hits in yeah. Britain, particularly. But she thinks this lot are a shambles. Mm. She said, on my first day, they were like, oh, God, there's what's-her-name, that girl from Australia. Quick, write a song. It took just ten minutes. They would send me out to the studio so they could write another verse. Um, that was her take on what was happening that so, day. So not just that they had written it there and then for her, and then she recorded it. As she was recording it, they were still writing it. Yeah. Yeah, apparently it was literally verse. <laughs> Go and get a coffee. We'll come back with the other yeah. verse in a bit. Like that—that's the impression I get. So, having cobbled this thing together on the day for this person who they keep getting told is very famous in Australia, what Stock Aiken and Waterman do next is absolutely nothing, and they just sit on the song and forget they've done it. <laughs> Meanwhile, the locomotion is like smashing records in Australia. Okay, let's be fair. Australia's really far away. Yeah. And and at that time, like, it was, you didn't feel connected to the rest of the world. No, I think this is a really good example of that, that there's no urgency from them. But the head of Mushroom Records threatened to fly to Britain to get the tapes. He was like, we really need a follow-up single here. So they produce this record. They're sitting on it. And they're like, there we are. There's that record done for Australia. 
Then it is the PWL Christmas Party, mm. the record company Christmas Party, and someone puts the record on. Okay. And everyone in the party goes, "What's this? This is clearly going to be a mega hit." And apparently, the same thing happened with Dead or Alive the previous year, oh, okay. where the record came on and. The moment the record came on in a busy room and everyone started looking at what was mm. happening, that was when they went, oh, we think this is going to be really big. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it went, they put it out. It didn't start well at all. It didn't enter the top 100 in its first week. It got to number 90 in its second week. And then they appeared on whatever Noel Edmonds was presenting at the time. <laughs> she appears on that. It absolutely then flies up the charts. Right. At which point they then go, oh, we really offended her, didn't we? <laughs> and so Stock, there's a great interview in The Guardian where Stock sort of tells the story and he goes, so I went to Australia at the start of 1988 and I met her in a bar with Jason and her manager. Oh my God. I basically crawled 100 yards on my knees and apologised profusely. She took it well and we did some more recording. She would be working on Neighbours from 5am and then come to record with me from 6pm. Tiring wow. of her, but at least this time I had songs ready, the lyrics typed up and everything in order. That is the story of I Should Be So Lucky. I love that. I I love how shambolic that was. I love the fact that we get to talk about Pete Waterman again. Just the fact that, like, like looking back now, knowing how big she became. Yeah. It's just incredible that that's how it started. So the podcast I listened to is called A Journey Through Saw, and episode 31 is the one about I Should Be So Lucky. And so what do, what do they cover? Like Each, each episode they cover a different Stock Aiken Waterman record. Oh, okay. One of the things, apart from the fact that every time Pete Waterman is mentioned, people are always like, yeah, but you know what Pete Waterman's like. <laughs> Whenever he claims something like it's based on Pachelbel's canon, the fact that everyone involves like, is it Pete? Yeah. Um, but the other thing that's really interesting is the extent to which not just Kylie, but all records of this type were really given the side eye by mm. the Australian media. Right. It's very interesting because Australia was all about in excess mm. and rock music. And this really didn't sit well with what was going on. Interestingly, though, um, they kind of came together in the end because she dated Michael Hutchins from In Excess. Yes, she did, she. Mm. I remember at the time there being a bit of a... People either loved it or it was seen as an annoying record. I remember yeah. there being jokes on kids' shows about it being annoying. I must have blocked that out completely because I loved it so much. It was funny reading about the interviews she had at the time and people slightly taking the piss at the time. Because right. I, I did, I would have been little. Mm. This does ring a bell. Yeah. Kylie herself has had an interesting relationship with it. Apparently it was Nick Cave who sort of encouraged her to go like, no, you should embrace this. It, it, it's great. Yeah, it is great. And like, it's really funny because I used to recreate, um, so the scene when she's in the bath and she's blowing the bubbles in, in the bath. I used to do that when I was younger. And even now, if I'm in the bath and I, I've got loads of bubbles and I'll put some on my hat and I'll throw them, <laughs> I think of Kylie. I just love it. <laughs> Um, Do you know what I'm I'm really praying for is that we'll find a story in one of these episodes soon where there's a Branson Waterman crossover where they they do oh, something together. There must will, be something. I, I will actively look for this. Yeah. 
What if, what if Richard Branson made Pete Waterman a model train? <laughs> <laughs> it's where their interests meet. Yeah. <laughs> so that is December 1987. Mm. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us on zenialdome at hotmail.com or you can send us a tweet or an Instagram message. So get in touch with the show, and we will be back next week with, I think, our last December episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Shut up! It's that time again, right? Kick out the old welcome the new. Make your New Year's resolutions now.